What's up, everybody? It's your host, Vic Lopez, for the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm going to jump right into this. It's going to be a two-parter. I'll explain it uh, at the end of this episode. Um, but yeah, let's get right to it. It's going to be my thoughts on the Orlando Magic-Sacramento Kings game. A little bit of action between Paolo Bancaro and Keegan Murray. But let's jump right into that. So fresh out of the Magic-Kings game, first thing I do after I finish watching a game, I go to the stat sheet and see if I can find exactly... Uh, what I was thinking, how the game went, if it if it can look on paper the same way I thought uh, the game went, and it was exactly that. Um, it was obviously, you're going to watch Paolo Bancaro, you're going to watch Keegan Murray, watching those possessions closely, and as I have my notes right here, along with the stat sheet, uh, the box scores. So let me read you the stat line for Paolo Bancaro before I start this episode. It's going to be 23 points, 6 for 15 from the field, which is 40%. He missed his only three that he took. Uh, but it did look pretty good. Um, he shot 11 for 15 from the free throw line, which is very nice for him. Uh, really good to see him knock down free throws, especially as aggressive as he is when he attacks. Uh, six rebounds, six assists, four steals, two blocks. Um, and then you get to that part of the stat sheet where a lot of people complain online about the eight turnovers. Um, read a lot of comments after the game. People saying, oh, eight turnovers uh, in summer league. Oof. You know, they, they send the oof, the hard oofs. Um, really popular term when something doesn't look good. Um, but I'm here to tell you eight turnovers. Um, I'm going to tell you half of those were just, you know, bad chemistry. Obviously, it's a summer league roster. It's not the guys that are going to be out there playing for the Magic. Um, a lot of those passes he was making um, that I excuse him for, uh, which probably half of them, right, um, were passes where he's kind of anticipating the play, but the other teammate kind of doesn't seem to uh, make the same read, right? And so it just goes out to nothing. Um, and then the other half of the turnovers that I did happen to catch were just bad passes. Um, he started off the game. Uh, I, I took a quick note here. He, His first, very first turnover, very early in the game, it was he kind of threw it to RJ's feet, uh, RJ Hampton. Threw it to his feet, went out of bounds. That was a bad turnover in the beginning. But... I do want to tell you, obviously, just a summary on Paolo's game. It's exactly what you think when you look at the stat sheet. Um, you know, he was doing everything, really. Um, this is the game. Remember the last episode, I, I did say that um, just watching Paolo's last game, it was very, um, you know, if you didn't know he was the number one pick, I got a vibe like, you know, that I, I wouldn't know that he went number one overall um, if I didn't know who he was. Um, and this game was the total opposite. He looked like the best player on the court. Uh, everything looked super easy for him. He didn't look like he was struggling at all. Um, the shot wasn't falling, um, but he was giving Keegan everything he could handle. And you can go to the kind of like the if you go to the box score online on NBA.com, you can do it by quarter. Right. And you can kind of see how the game was going. You can do the play by play if you want. And you can kind of see the timestamps and see what was going on. Um, but just to give you the rundown, Paolo was guarding Keegan and Keegan was guarding Paolo pretty much. They were guarding each other almost the whole game. Um, and Paolo had his way the entire time. Um, even if the shot wasn't falling, he was getting to the basket whenever he wanted to, similar to when he was in college. Um, Keegan Murray was, honestly, he was just, he was non-existent the first half. Um, he just wouldn't even put shots up. If it wasn't there, he just wasn't taking it. And that's kind of like his game. He's not he's not going to go and, and go out of his way to make things happen. He's just going to kind of like 
you know, he could make a couple of moves, but if nothing's there, he's just going to get rid of it. And when a guy is physical on you like Paolo, uh, which is something that I was questioning, and a lot of um, a lot of the knocks on Paolo was the motor, um, that he's not interested sometimes on defense. Not the case in this game. Um, he was super on Keegan Murray. It was He was really trying to prove he was the best player out there, and he was. The game looked really easy for Paolo. It looked super easy. Like, nobody gave him any trouble out there. Um, honestly, the only person that could guard Paolo was Paolo himself. Um, that's it. You know, those eight turnovers, they look bad, but trust me when I tell you, honestly, half of those, like I said, just bad chemistry plays, and the other half were kind of like, he goes into this, he has this like go-to move when he has the ball. It's like top of the key where he, he dribbles between his legs and then he goes into like a quick spin move where he tries to put the defender, like he puts his back to the defender and he tries to do a spin move. And if he can't get to the basket, he's going to kind of stop in his tracks, right? And then look for a teammate to kick out to, um, or he'll just kind of like put it up. Um, and so a lot of the turnovers were like that. He was kind of like, it was like he would spin off of his, his, uh, go-to like between the legs dribbling and he would just like kind of throw the ball out and it, it wasn't really seeing a target. So there was a couple of bad turnovers, but other than that, it was a great game for him. And I think it was his best game, um, in summer league. So, um, and that's coming from me saying that I like Chet more. Uh, just as a prospect, I thought Chet should have gone number one. Obviously, I've said that many times. Um, but Keegan Murray will read you the stat line now. He went, he had 20 points, five for 11 from the field, 45%, um, four for eight from the three. So, you know, these numbers are, you know, arguably, you can say that the percentages obviously are better. Um, and it just looked like a, a better game, quote unquote. Um, but it was a second half showing for him. And a lot of those points were not on Paolo versus Paolo was scoring on Keegan. He was scoring on, on Keita, which is that big man they have down low, um, Portuguese big man that the Kings had uh, at center. And so, you know, Paolo was just scoring on everybody that game. And Keegan was more like he was finally open and he, and he knocked down his shot. Um, but he didn't put any attempts up really in the first half. He came alive like at the end of the third quarter. Um, Paolo was just giving him literally everything that he could handle. Um, and Keegan looked exhausted in that game. He looked super tired. He looked overmatched. He looked like he didn't want any part of Paolo. Um, there were possessions towards the end of the game where Keegan was no longer guarding him because it's just too tiring for him. Remember, Keegan's six foot eight, about 220. Paolo's 6'10", 250. So, and Paolo uses all that, right? He's all of 250, and he's using it all. Um, so, yes, definitely tired out Keegan. You could definitely see that. Um, a lot of things I notice about Paolo in these games is he's just so good off of contact, just not bothered. He looks like a man amongst boys in summer league right now. Um, just looks like the best guy out there right now. Um, I would say that Chet has shown me more uh, because, like I said, we, 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 we're kind of now seeing in this game, we, we see now, you know, the Duke Paolo, right? The person that's attacking, the person that's making plays, the person that's uh, just looks like the best guy on the court when he's playing. We've seen that now. So, you know, I'm thinking 
good things about Paolo. I'm thinking, I'm still thinking good things about Keegan. He had really good moments in the game. Um, I thought that Paolo was obviously all over him and Keegan was really struggling to get him off of him on offense. Like it was really hard for Keegan to break free. Um, you know, the team, honestly, the Kings weren't helping him get open. <laughs> like, like they were trying to set screens, but Paolo's so quick and so strong that he would just catch up and close out. Um, there was a play. Uh, I, I have the, the number written down here. Uh, he broke free. It was like around the three minute, 45 second mark in the third quarter where Keegan Murray's kind of like running routes, like on the football field type thing where he's just like, he cuts one way, he cuts the other way. He comes around. He's trying to just trying to get Paolo off of him. Right. And he finally breaks free. This is in the third quarter towards the end. Finally breaks free for a catch and shoot three at the top of the key. And he airballs it right now. If that, that exact play, you can go back to it. You can kind of see how hard he was trying to break free from Paolo to just get a shot. Um, and he finally was able to get one, and it was an air ball from the top of the key. No surprise, because he's just so tired from the contact. Paolo does not leave him alone. Um, Paolo was all over him, like I said. Um, and so, you know, we get this game where it's kind of looking like, um, you know, it starts to get to the end of the fourth quarter. And it's one of those summer league games where you're like, ugh, I'm just going to watch until, you know, Paolo and Keegan are off the court, right? Like until, until they finally sub these guys out and call the game, right? And just let it end. Um, and so it's 83 to 67. Okay. Three minutes, 25 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Orlando goes on a run, right? Uh, while Sacramento is on a huge drought. And so it's one of those moments, right? There's 325 left in the fourth quarter. Keegan gets away from Paolo again, but Paolo actually closes out, right? He actually closes out, and Keegan Murray misses the three-point attempt. And, you know, 83-67 Orlando, right? Like I said, the same scoreline. Um, so, like I said, looking like it's over. You know, even, even the announcer at one point in the game was like, man, it's looking like, you know, <laughs> these guys are are on the verge of, you know, going 2-0 in Summer League. You know, they're already, they're already counting Orlando's win, right? So I'm going to skip. There's about 38 seconds left when the analyst says that. Um, but it's 85-77. to Bancaro blocks a layup. Kings get a second chance point. After that block, right, the, the big man, Keita, he lays it up. Now it's 85-79. Right after that, RJ throws it away, right, on an inbound um, during the Kings' full court trapping. Right. So now off of that RJ Hampton turnover, they score again. Okay. Off of that steal. So it's 85, 81, 27 seconds left. Still looking like the game is over, you know, 27 seconds left, four point deficit. Obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's still, for some reason, you still feel like there's no way the Kings are going to win this game. Right. And so the Kings are trapping hard. The magic have to call a timeout because there's a lot of pressure in the half court. A lot of seconds go by in that half court, uh, which almost caused a backcourt violation. And so right after that timeout, um, obviously, Paolo Bancaro is going to inbound it, right? And so he inbounds it to RJ Hampton, and RJ Hampton is just dribbling around, dribbling around, not realizing that they're about to be called for a backcourt violation. And so it gets called, and I'm going to play you the audio now. Uh, just so you can hear Paolo calling RJ, you know, just nonstop, just yelling his name to get him to throw the ball across half court. Go, go! RJ! 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 
Throw it. We got to get it across. Should have told him earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling they probably did, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're literally, you know, kind of throwing RJ Hampton under the bus live on the broadcast. But it's true. They called the timeout before that inbound. And there's no way that they didn't have that conversation. Hey, the timer is still ticking. As soon as we inbound it, we have to get it across the court because they're about to call the backcourt violation. But, you know, RJ Hampton dribbles it out, gets called for the violation, and, you know, we have a turnover. And King's ball, right? Um, and all of a sudden, right, there's seven seconds left, okay? Seven seconds left in this fourth quarter. Um, it's 87 to 81. Magic are winning. And the big man, Keita, top of the key, wide open, his only three in the entire game. Okay, the only three he made, the only one he took, and it happens to be the one he makes. And it's 87 to 84 after that three, and now they're down three. But I want to play you an audio clip of an exchange between Bancaro and Keita at the free throw line. Uh, about Bancaro kind of calling out Kita, like, you know, hey, man, you, you don't make those, you know? And Kita has a funny exchange where he tells him, you know, uh, you don't know me. <laughs> I don't know him either. And I'm pretty sure Paolo doesn't know him either, but I'm going to play this right now for you. It was really good. You weren't supposed to hit that three ball. You don't know me, bro. You ain't know it. You ain't know so that was the short exchange at the free throw line. It was hilarious. Um, and so, like I said, 87-84 after that huge three uh, that Keita takes at the top of the key. And so there's 4.3 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Zero timeouts for both teams. So obviously, Paolo has to inbound it to somebody, right? Of course, it happens to be RJ Hampton, who is the only real option on that scenario. So the defender tips it out of RJ's hands right as RJ catches that pass from Paolo and it gets poked away and it ends up in, in uh, Keegan Murray's hands. Keegan Murray, like we said, he's calm, composed. He just takes a nice little pump fake. He knows he has time, takes the pump fake. He completely pumps Paolo and RJ out of the picture, right? Just completely out of the way. And he has a nice little shot. Shoots the three, knocks it down, sends the game to overtime, and it was a huge game, right, for, for Keegan towards the end of that game um, because he kind of came alive towards the end. But again, it was a quiet scoring night for him. It was just, it wasn't what you think. You know, it wasn't what you think when you read the stat sheet. You see two, the two stat lines, the one for Paolo, the one for Keegan, and you think these guys battled it out in a crazy duo. Not the case. That that really wasn't how the game went down. But um, so we have overtime, right? Um, and it's, you know, it, this is something that you don't see with Jabari uh, Smith Jr. Uh, for the Rockets so far in Summer League. Uh, they're actually giving Bankero the ball. Like, this guy is actually the option. It's overtime. So the ball's in his hands in overtime. So clearly he's the focal point. Gets a post-up possession on Keegan Murray. He shows good footwork. He posts him up. He hits the fadeaway mid-range jumper over Keegan. Um, that was Van Caro's only attempt in overtime. Uh, Keegan actually didn't even put a shot up in overtime. Um, so that just goes to show you, you know, wasn't the duel you thought it was when you look at the stat sheet. So... Again, Keegan doesn't even attempt a shot in overtime. 
Bancaro makes the only one he took. Um, and then obviously we have a situation where it looks like the Kings are going to win this game. Um, there's, there's a, there's a play where Keita sets a screen, dives to the basket and gets a nice little Euro, right? He, he gets a nice little Euro step and scores on a layup, right? So there's 33 seconds left. Keegan's on Bancaro. This is Keegan's moment to kind of ice the game, right? Um, and he just looks so gassed in this one-on-one -on -one situation right by the three-point line. Um, he actually dribbles it off his foot. Um, just a lot of banging going on with Paolo. Just a lot of contact. He dribbles it off his own foot. And, you know, kind of a scramble situation. Um, we get a Sacramento Kings player, guard, Keon Ellis, lands just such a lucky three-point shot. He banks it off the backboard, right? And that puts the Kings up 92 to 89. So there's 13 seconds left and the ball's in Paolo's hands. Um, and he actually almost throws it away, but he finds uh, Kennedy, a guard for the, for the Orlando Magic, who actually shoots a three but gets fouled while he's shooting. And he actually made all three of those free throws. Huge moment for someone, you know, trying to make a name for themselves out there. Knocks down the three free throws to actually send the game to double overtime. Now, in Summer League, double overtime is actually sudden death. Uh, so whoever, whatever team scores first, whoever scores first, the game's over, right? They win the game. Um, so it goes in Bancaro's hands, right? On their very first possession. And he turns it over, right? Um, Keita gets a, a, a nice lob um, after a timeout. And this is the big play. Uh, for Paolo. I think this was the play of the game for him. Um, so after Paolo turns it over on that first possession, um, the Kings call a timeout, right? Um, just to kind of drop a play, get a good basket so they can win the game and get out of there. Um, and so it's a well-drawn play. Keita actually gets open and jumps up for a lob. This is probably the easiest look he's had all night. And he's about to just slam it down to win the game. And here comes Paolo, 6'10", 250, blocks the shot from behind. It's called a foul. Everyone's yelling. Uh, the fans at the game are yelling. Paolo looks pissed um, because he feels like it's a clean block. And so they go into review, right? The play gets challenged. I didn't even know you could challenge plays in Summer League. Um, and so they, they challenge the play and it actually gets overturned. So it goes from a foul to a clean block. And now it's the Magic's time uh, to win the game, right? And so so we have Paolo's game-saving block at this point, right? It was a crazy... I mean, you have to see that block. You have to go watch that block if you haven't seen it. Big-time block just shows the athleticism and just all the things that Paolo can do, even if the shot isn't falling. Um, and so, of course, Magic possession now. It's in Bancaro's hands again. They're just, they're just giving him the keys, right? They're just telling him, hey, man, you take us there, right? And so he almost actually loses it. He goes into that patented move I talked about earlier on this episode where he, he kind of goes into like a between the legs, trying to do like a nice little spin move um, slash post-up move. And he almost loses it, but he keeps the ball alive and he finds Emmanuel Terry, another center, for the Magic on that Summer League roster. Right under the basket, he finds him. And and Terry makes a pretty tough layup over Keita, and they win the game, obviously, because it's a sudden death, double overtime situation. So to summarize that, that little uh, sequence for Paolo, he gets the game-saving block and the game-winning assist. So 
Paolo pretty much carried the magic in that game. Uh, Keegan had a good game, but it was very quiet. It wasn't, it, it's not, it, it, I mean, you could literally watch the highlights for the game. And I, I always tell you guys to actually watch the full game so you can kind of get an idea of how it was going. But this was the kind of game where if you're just looking at Keegan Murray's highlights, that's kind of how it went for him. You know, it was like, it was a backdoor cut, he catches it, he scores, or wide open, knocks down a shot. It wasn't like, you know, he was going at these people, he was going out of his way, making things happen. Not really, not really. It was it was just, he saw an opportunity, scored, right? But but very bystander-ish, innocent bystander, right? Like, like I said in that last episode about Jabari Smith, he's like, he's kind of just, you know, you know, he, he knows Paolo's very aggressive with him and he doesn't want to force anything. So in my opinion, Paolo completely neutralized him in the first half and honestly kind of neutralized him in the second half too. So this was Paolo's game. This was his best game. I was really happy about it. I'm actually going to do two parts uh, on this podcast. So I'm going to do, this is part one uh, because it kind of ran long, kind of breaking down the game between the Magic and the Kings. And so I'm going to do a part two um, between the Rockets and OKC because I realized this has actually gone a little bit longer than I wanted it to and I don't want it to run too long if I include that other game. So I'm going to go ahead and end this episode here and then I'm going to catch you guys on part two for that OKC Houston Rockets game. Mm-hmm.